welcome to the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast with your hosts Chip Patterson and Barton Simmons. The ultimate insider's guide from signing day to the national championship game and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast. The postseason is upon us here on the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast, and uh, the syndicate syndicate took a hit. Uh, a lot of our principal plays were taking hits, and, uh, and all three of us here in the postseason have started the first segment of this uh, competition. We're a couple units down. Uh, Tom, <laughs> I mean, here's a question. Have you all tallied up the, uh, the, total, the total value? Because it's not as bad as it felt as I was watching all my picks go up in flames during this first set of bowl games. I I know I'm in the negative, but I couldn't remember which ones I had one point on and five points on, so I'm not 100% sure. I, I, don't, I have no idea. <laughs> I, just know I, I just know I won my highest point value, so I think that saved me a little bit, but I'm I'm I'm, I'm eagerly awaiting my my score okay uh and you're absolutely right the all of us on fau minus 22 and a half we all agreed it was the easiest pick props to tom who threw five on it uh it saved him and he is the leader at minus one barton you're Woo! absolutely right uh, i gave you plus four and uh and i i should have gone heavier um all right uh let's let's go to the report uh barton two units lost on north texas plus seven one unit lost on the Western Kentucky uh, Western Kentucky over 53 and a half. Two units lost on Oregon minus seven. One you oh man, this 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 burns. After switching from Marshall to Colorado State. That, <laughs> I deserve this. One you lose one unit there. Uh, one unit gained on Middle Tennessee. Way to way to shout out Brent Stockstill yeah. and uh, ride that train. That was good. Four units gained with Florida Atlantic. And man, you only lost one unit on SMU minus five, but geez, should have lost a lot more. <laughs> just just by how bad it was, throw another couple units on that on that fire. Uh, so it's minus two uh, for the for that first little run of games. Man, I'll take minus two because it felt bad. Yeah, it felt bad. Because I was I was describing to someone like not only were my picks wrong, but just like the way that I thought a game was going to go just totally went sideways. Uh, <laughs> Tom, as mentioned. You are at minus one, uh, lost five units on North Texas, but got it right back with the Georgia State Panthers. Five units cash in uh, as the Panthers are outright winners and as six and a half point underdogs. Narrow, you had a couple narrow overs, right? Mm-hmm. Or Yeah, Oregon-Boise losing five units uh, on 61 and a half. Uh, lost one unit on Colorado State Marshall. You had the under. It went over. Uh, lost one unit on the Arkansas State Middle Tennessee under. It went over. That was another narrow one. Uh, got five units on Florida Atlantic and got one unit on Louisiana Tech. Chip lost four units on North Texas. Yikes. Uh, got one unit back on the Western Kentucky Georgia State under. Lost three units on the Oregon Boise under. Lost two units on Colorado State minus five and a half. Lost four units on the Arkansas State Middle Tennessee under. Got three units back on Florida Atlantic and got five units. The biggest win for me was the easiest, Louisiana Tech, uh, plus five against SMU. So Tom minus one, Barton minus two, Chip minus four. For this round of picks, 
We are going to be taking you through the action on Tuesday, December 26th. Then on Tuesday, December 26th, at some point in the afternoon, uh, make sure that you hit subscribe or refresh your feed because then we will be coming at you with the games for the 27th, 28th, and 29th, uh, which takes us includes uh, Ohio State and USC. So the, uh, the college football playoff New Year's Six will begin at that point. I'd like to, to make a, a PSA. I, if I put a one or a two confidence value on a game, if I put one or two units on a game, that is a, probably a no-play game for me in a, in a normal setting. I would not feel comfortable playing it. So if you are here on this pod actually looking to make money, you can either, on, that, on my picks, either not play that or even potentially fade that play. If you had faded my ones and twos last week, you would have had a hell of a week. Uh, so, you know, t- take that for what it's worth. Mm, I think all my ones and twos are locks. Feeling real good about this. <laughs> all uh, of my picks come with 100% guarantee. 100% guarantee all of your money back. All of the, the free 99 that you have spent on this podcast, I will get back to you. I, 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 I'm excited. There's, there's some plays here I like a lot. Tom, you are the leader in the clubhouse Take the lead on UAB Ohio. We're picking locks. My blue plate special five-star locks are coming. Come get these locks. Five-star master lock. Lock it up. You want these locks? I'm 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 living and dying every every point every cover. Uh, I will take the lead on UAB Ohio, and I am going with the under 59, five points. I like that you come out with five units right out the gate. Maybe. There's there's a theme to Tom's picks. I don't know if you guys have picked up on them yet. We go five or one. There's no in between. But I I just – I see these are two good teams – I, you know, UAB is a terrific story. Ohio is a team that should have won its division in the MAC, but it lost a crazy Wednesday night game to Akron, and that's how we ended up with that lovely Cherubundi Tart Cherry Boca Raton Bowl blowout, where FAU was playing a team that was greatly overmatched when it should have been playing Ohio. But this is a good matchup, but it's also a situation where I don't really see these, these are two efficient offenses. But neither of them are what you would consider to be explosive offenses. So I'm looking at this as going to be kind of a older schoolish kind of game where, you know, there's some good play, but it's not going to be up tempo. It's not going to be super high scoring. It's going to be I, I have Ohio winning. I don't know if I have them covering the spread, but I think it's going to be like a 27, 20, 27, 24 kind of game. So I, I, I like the under. What about you, Barton? It, it was going to be hard for Vegas to put any line out there in this bowl season that I wasn't going to take UAB. Give me the six and a half points. These guys have been in Birmingham just practicing against each other for two years. They are itching for this. They're hungry for this. They're excited. They get the trip to the Bahamas. Uh, Look, we got to find. I got to find. Do a better job of finding some motivation p- spots here. Uh, Louisiana Tech was a motivation spot that I missed. Uh, SMU's coaching staff, I missed on that. I just think that UAB is going to be excited for this opportunity, and and so whether they win or not, 
this will be a close game. Um, UAB plus six and a half. How many one, units? What one unit? One unit. I would not fade that. Uh, I like UAB plus the points. This is a situation where if this line uh, starts to dance a little bit, if this gets to seven, if it's like at seven and a half, I'm smashing UAB, making it like a four-unit play under a touchdown and what I think will be a close game uh, makes me a little bit nervous. My play, a two-unit play, is with Tom. I'm going to go on the under 59 and this is where I am taking off-field uh, factors into consideration, but it is not motivation, but location. And the the Bahamas Bowl games that are high-scoring are mostly if they go to overtime. And if this game goes to overtime, well, then I'm probably going to lose my over-under. But it it makes sense that in that stadium where there are more Popeyes flags than fans who are not parents around the stadium uh, – I like the sleepy atmosphere. I, li- I like things to get this game to get to nice little comfy lulls where the clock just continues to run. And uh, so, yeah, I'm going to go two units on the UO- UAB Ohio under. But I'm I, I love if if I'm picking a winner in the, as a fan. I mean, Ohio gets to play in bowl games all the time. They're like perennially six and six. Definitely rooting for the Blazers. So while we are competing against each other, Barton. I uh, I agree with you. I think UAB is the sentimental pick here. Any no, fr- Clark. No, no. All right. Uh, ta- uh, Barton, you get the lead on Central Michigan, Wyoming. Uh, by the way, don't we also have a FIU Temple game to pick? That's tonight. I'm, I'm going to let it fall by the wayside unless you're right, feeling just, just no, no, no play there. Um, all right. Let's follow me. listening. <laughs> Uh, Central Michigan and Wyoming. We are going to get uh, Josh Allen. We're going to get Josh Allen. So this is the way I visualized this game. This sort, of, this is sort of like the, the the metaphor that popped into my head as I looked at this matchup. Um, you remember in Fight Club when they're in the they're in like the basement of that restaurant or whatever, and the owner of the restaurant comes in to shut down the Fight Club named Lou and Brad Pitt's character like allows himself to be get beat up and then he grabs Lou and he says you don't know where I've been Lou and he just freaks him out enough to where the guy's like all right you can have it That is Shane Morris in this versus game. Josh Allen. <laughs> Shane Morris is going to jump on Josh Allen and say, you don't know where I've been, Josh. <laughs> and Josh Allen is going to be like, look, okay, man, I'm going to be a first-round draft pick. Like, it's the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Like, you can have it. <laughs> I like Shane Morris. Top 100 commit. Concussions at Michigan. Horrible has this bounce back year at Central Michigan. They've like won four of their last five or something. This is going to be his Super Bowl. Josh Allen just needs to get get through this thing healthy. Give me Central Michigan and the points. You don't know where I've been, Josh. <laughs> Please tell me that's like a four-star. <laughs> I'll throw two on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> You go through all that, and then I'll throw two on it. <laughs> um, uh, Tom, where are you at? 
Uh, I know where you've been, <laughs> Shane. That's Josh Allen and his Batman voice. I'm I'm going with Wyoming minus three and a half, but it's it's only a one pointer for me. I really the Idaho Potato Bowl. It's uh it's probably going to be cold. It's probably going to be dreary, and I just I don't really have a great read on this one either way. I think. I don't with Josh Allen. I feel like this is you know the last game chance of his to you know impress the scouts. But apparently, based on the numbers and production he's put up, it really doesn't matter what he does. The scouts are thoroughly impressed. So I, I don't know. I I'm going Wyoming minus three and a half, but it's a one. So you know, take that for what it's worth. One star, um, and I'm going to go to the frozen Boise Tundra. You know, when it's it's cold, they say that sometimes, you know, it's hard to sweat, but I want to feel it. I want to feel the undersweats of Central Michigan <laughs> at 45 and a half. It's a one-star pick, but boy, it's for all the thrills. So I'm going one-star Wyoming Central Michigan under 45 and a half. Let's... Let's let's get some some interceptions, but not pick sixes. Let's get some missed field goals, and let's get a lot of clock burning uh, in a cold, cold, cold game. So under forty five and a half, so I can feel alive in the cold weather. I like that. Uh, Wyoming doesn't score. They're like one of the worst offenses in the country. Well, it's because they have a first round quarterback. <laughs> right, he's really good at checkdowns, and he throws, shows a lot of talent. Yeah, he's yeah. Any points. He's got arm talent. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's take it into the Birmingham Bowl. Second year in a row that the Bulls have been in Birmingham for this game. Uh, Texas Tech coming in at six and six. This is a uh, Quentin Flowers, Pat Shimanek. Um, I early game. So this goes against one of my principles to uh, to try and fade the over on to to try and fade the over in the in the sleepy game, but. South Florida plays uh, with game get games get a little rickety from time to time. Like you know, there'll be uh, like one quarter where they score twenty one points, but then there might be uh, a quarter and a half where they only get a field goal. I I'm not real comfortable about this, but I think that the potential that we sneak in uh, over the sixty six and a half is a potential. So I'm going Texas Tech South Florida over sixty six and a half, and I'm gonna make it a two unit play. Uh, I just I, th- I think the I think there's a chance that when push comes to shove, um, this will be a game where I that'll be too much sweating if the game gets loose and it's close and certainly with the point spread here at uh, what two and a half uh, three three yeah they're they're expecting it to be close and so when it comes time to trading blows down the stretch I think they will get enough scoring to uh, to push this uh, into the 30s for both teams so give me Texas Tech USF. Over 66 and a half. That 66 number looks suspiciously low. Like I would have expected this game to have been more of the 70, right? 72 type of range for this total. I saw, I thought about playing that over, but it just, I almost filled it out better if it was like 69 and a half or something like that. Um, I, I am on, if you have followed my, my picks throughout the year, you know that I have been, very suspicious and leery of South Florida throughout. Uh, I'm going to keep on riding that. I'm going to go Texas Tech plus the points. Um, and 
keep on uh, keep on banking on South Florida to disappoint people because I, I still think that nine and two record is one of the more misleading records out there, um, and and I think Texas Tech is, is a quality football team that played in a really competitive conference, and Birmingham is a uh, that's a hop in town compared to Lubbock, so they're going they're 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 excited to be there, excited to play in this game, and, and they're going to get the win. Tom. Oh, no, wait, Barton, what's your, what's oh. your uh, wager? Oh, okay. Uh, what did I break down for this one? Three. Give me the three units. Nice. So this is a Woo! recommended play. Woo! Watch out. Money bags. <laughs> Tom? I, I'm, on, uh, I'm on the over as well, Chip. Over 66 and a half, five star. <laughs> wait. So you really are only going ones or fives. Yeah. All right. What's what's your reasoning behind uh, behind the over sixty six and a half? Because an over that's a that's an anti that's that's off for Nelly Brand. Yeah, it's it's goes against the brand, but it's like Barton said, the number for this game seems unreasonably low. And I think part of that is because if you look at USF's overall statistics, you see that it's only averaging 23 points a game. But that's very misleading because that average has been brought down by games against, you know, teams like Stony Brook and San Jose State and Temple. When they've played teams with a winning record, they're giving up 38 points a game. That's a very, very large disparity there. That's that's over two touchdown difference. And then there's Texas Tech, which, as we know, is a team that's very capable of putting up points, and it's more capable of allowing points. So I'm expecting this to be a very video game-ish back-and-forth affair. There could be a slow start that kind of gets you a little worried in that first quarter with the early start in the day, but I think that, that as this one goes along, we're going to be seeing a lot of touchdowns back-and-forth, and... Forth. and I think, you know, we might be hitting this over by the beginning of the fourth quarter. Woo! All right, Tom, back to you. Uh, we're going to be headed to Fort Worth for the Armed Forces Bowl. We're in TCU Stadium. We got San Diego State and Army, Black Knights, Aztecs favored by six and a half. I don't know what our over-under is. What's your play? Hey, hey, Chip, Chip, Chip. Yeah. Will you bump me up to a four-unit play on Texas Tech? Because I think you guys are going to win your overplay as well. So I got I got to be able to keep pace here. I'm going to go four units there. I I, do, I think Texas Tech is the play. Also, yeah. by the way, that's uh that's that it, I, I think uh, Tom pointed out earlier the uh, South Florida back in the Birmingham Bowl after coming like you know this close to winning the division. Like what you what you playing for, dog? Your six expectations. Yeah. 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 All right, Tom. Armed Forces Bowl. What's your pick? Uh, it's, I'm taking San Diego state minus six and it's a five-star lock. Um, fun fact, since he's taken over at San Diego state, Rocky long has coached against 12 option attacks. Like he'll be facing with army, including army twice in those 12 games. San Diego state is 11 and one. The 11 wins have come by an average of 12.8 points per game. The only loss caveat did come in a bowl game a few years ago, the points he had a bowl. They lost to Navy by a point, but that was a much better Navy team than what I think this Army team is this year. And earlier this season, San Diego State beat Air Force 28-24. to It beat New Mexico 35-10. to 
an option team is not something that San Diego State, who has a very solid run defense to begin with, has trouble preparing for. And as we've always seen as well, it's difficult to prepare for an option team on a week. It's not nearly as difficult to get ready for it when you have two to three weeks of practice and ready to prepare for it. So I think San Diego State's going to win this one, and I think the Aztecs are going to win pretty handily. Mm, going against the Black Knights in the Armed Forces Bowl, an anti-troops play. Eesh. Well, you know, damn <laughs> typical millennials. All right. Barton, what's your pick? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play under, under, what is it at, 45 and a half? Is that what you guys are seeing? Uh, 46 46 under 46 um, a lot of the same reasons that that Tom was discussing you know I, I really like San Diego State's defense that they you know they tackle on the perimeter um, they've got a secondary that fits the fits the run game really well you know they they're I, I think they're a well-coached team so I think Army will be able to um, I don't think Army's going to put up a ton of points and and you know San Diego State's got a pretty deliberate offense as well um, I just think there's going to be limited possessions there's going to be a quick clock uh, this is going to be in a lot of ways similar to the way Army Navy played out um, I, I think this is just going to be a uh, I think this is going to be a low scoring game I like it so I'm going to go I'll go under uh, I was thinking about taking Army but I just, I just think under is a safer play oh how many units uh, one unit one unit uh, I do think that I mean, it's, it's important to note that since the start of 2012, San Diego State, with Rocky Long as the head coach, has a 14-2 and record when playing against an FBS team that has a top 25 rushing offense. Uh, everything that y'all mentioned is 100% right. San Diego State plays great run defense. And, uh, and I, I think under is the play, but I, my pick here is going to be also with Tom. It's San Diego State, and I am also making it a uh, a five unit play. I'm thinking that we're going to see a score of like 23 to 10. Uh, I think this is very like uh, you mentioned the Army Navy game. I think this is also going to be like San Diego State Stanford, low scoring. Yeah. You know, very uh, just just grind it out. And, uh, and it's it's hard to pick against a, ro- a Rocky Long coach defense, uh, particularly in this spot. So uh, yeah, give me give me the Aztecs to win their 11th game for the third season in a row. How about that? San Diego State, Mountain West. It's impressive. Yeah, it's very impressive. Um, Buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated and confusing, but there is a better way to buy, and that, of course, is with SeatGeek. See, SeatGeek, as we've been telling you, is a smart and easy way to get tickets to any type of live event. And this might be for you, searching for a last-minute deal. Uh, Maybe you are needing to find the perfect gift because SeatGeek can help you find the perfect gift here during the holiday season. Uh, They get you the best seats at the best prices, and it is great because every single purchase is fully guaranteed. I've got the app on my phone. It's been great when uh, we've been trying to get Christmas Carol tickets, whether we've been trying to get Hurricane tickets very easy to use you got the scores always looking for those scores in the 90s for the best value they get you that value by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals and like i mentioned since every purchase is fully guaranteed you get to shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence so make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every ticket 
from sports to concerts to comedy to theater. And so right now, as a 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast listener, you can get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. You just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code 247 today. That's promo code 247 for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Download that app, insert that code, save a bunch of money, buy a ticket, or you know, buy a gift for yourself. Could be a lot of fun. It's the best thing to do this holiday season with Seat Geek. I bet you can get a lot of bowl tickets. Uh, if you if you're living in an area with a bowl game. Probably. I wonder how much Bahama bowl tickets are on Seat Geek. Uh I I imagine that there's a as a fan, there there are other costs involved beyond the cost of the ticket. Can't just drive there? I I can't. Can you? <laughs> I could try. Uh, all right, let's see. Barton, or er, we've got App State and Toledo. Fun game. Um, what you got? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm gonna go with a, this is this is another whopping one unit play for me, and I'm gonna go with the dog App State plus seven. You know, this is a this is a program that. I mean, these guys know how to win. These guys can figure it out. Um, you know, their quarterback, Taylor Lamb, has had a really productive career. Kind of his swan song here. Um, I, I, I think that they're going to be a team that, like, whether they win or not, seven points just seems like a lot for uh, for a team that's, that's battle-tested, that has played in some big games that I think will be – really motivated. I, I, honestly, I think these are two, and I really like Toledo. I like Jason Candle a lot as a coach, and I think these are probably, as the coaching carousel started spinning, these are like the two coaches in Toledo and, and, uh, and Candle and Satterfield that like probably in most years, if not for all just like the craziness, would have been some of the hottest group of five candidates to get a head job out there. And and for whatever reason, they just didn't get traction this year, but it'll happen. Um, so, I like App State just because they're they're a kind of a grinded out team. They've got a, they play a ball control offense. I think they're and, and Toledo's top receiver is is injured and out as I understand it. Um, Cody Thompson, uh, though I guess he's been out. He, he may have been out for a pretty good chunk this year. Uh, Logan so anyways, Woodside go, healthy. What's that? Logan Woodside's healthy. Toledo can Logan get Woodside, loose. Logan Woodside's healthy. Uh, yeah, this I don't know, man. This doesn't feel like a super confident play for me. But I'm gonna go App State plus seven. I'm with you. I got. I'm. I'm. This, I, I'm this at, feels like my. This feels like you know what this is. You know what I did this. This is like when I when I had the hunch Marshall and I just backed up because, out because Colorado State was sexier. This is what this game is to me. Like I feel like App State. That's too many points, and and they'll figure out a way to keep it close. Even though Toledo's a sexier play, I'm gonna stick to my guns this time and and, and take. Uh, and take App State. Uh, 31-28 when these two teams played last year in the bowl game. Mountaineers were winners. Not a lot of personnel changeover for either team. Uh, I think that Candle was probably the interim, right, at the time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Satterfield obviously still in place. I Like, Toledo is ve- has been very good this season. Toledo is, has been very, very good. Um you know, even when they played Miami at the beginning of the year, it was a game that I think Toledo was leading. Uh, and right after Mark Walton went out with an injury, Miami ended up uh, coming back and beating them by about you know fourteen or twenty-one points. But it was a 
Toledo got theirs against a good Miami defense. I but I I'm with you, Barton. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the dog here. If I was uh if I was trying to make this pick, I would hope to get a hook or maybe I would buy a hook because I don't think Appalachian State loses this game by ten, but they might lose by a touchdown. So yeah, one one unit for me, but I'm a, I'm gonna ride the nears as well. Homer pick, Tom. Uh, we've got lock unity. Woo! I am also on Appalachian State plus seven, but I'm a five star lock. Yes. I just this is gonna be a really fun game. It's gonna be close. It's gonna be back and forth. And as we saw last year, you mentioned the Camellia Bowl. Appalachian State won that game by three. These teams aren't all that different this year. I expect the same kind of game. So if you're gonna give me nearly a touchdown worth of points in this matchup. I'm not passing them up. Give it to me. Give me a five stars, baby. Five star lock. Um. Hey, Tom. Yep. Can uh can we get a wind report for the Hawaii Bowl? Oh, would you like a wind report? I would like a well, wind report for the Hawaii Bowl. Well, Chip, there's an 85 percent chance of wonders <laughs> in Honolulu on Christmas Eve as Houston and Fresno will be playing at the Aloha Stadium where there will be 11, 12, 13 mile an hour crosswinds throughout. And as we all know, wind, particularly when it's blowing across the field, does wonders for the under and thus is birthed (laughs) the wonder. (laughs) So you're making the wonder your five-star play? You're going to be shocked to learn this, but... The under 49 in the Hawaii Bowl, five-star lock. <laughs> oh, man, you're going to build a lead this week. <laughs> All right. Uh, Barton, um, what's, what's your Hawaii Bowl play? Uh, God, Tom is, is, is putting the pedal to the metal, really kind of putting me up against it. All right, I'm, I'm going Fresno State, plus two and a half. This is... I mean, Jeff Tedford should have been coach of the year. That was a one-win team last year that played for the the Mountain West Championship this year. They they beat Boise State a week before losing to them by three points. They were one of Alabama's closest wins this year. Like, this is a good football team, and I think this is a better coached football team than the major Applewhite-led Houston Cougars, who have had a hard time finding identity on offense. They've been a, a much less stint defense this year this is a, a fresno t- state team that plays um i mean this is a top 20 defense in the country yards per play uh, i i just i think they'll be ready uh, i think this is a again given where these teams were last year and what this bowl means to each fresno state comes into this one a lot more motivated i'm gonna go three units on the bulldogs and the points i've called houston fraudulent and eating my words for it, but I got to double down in bowl season because you trust your gut, you trust your principles. Uh, I agree with you, Barton. There's a major coaching advantage here. Uh, that is a big part of it. But there's also, uh, you know, like Jeff Tedford, you could say he's been there, done that. Major Applewhite still uh, getting it done. But literally, Fresno State has been there, done that. They won 31-21 in this stadium earlier this season like uh, just over a month ago that game was on november 12th so fresno state's gonna get right back into it i don't think they should be the underdogs at all 
And so I'm making it a three-star lock as well, but Fresno State plus two and a half. And if, if you are of the, the type to be looking at tasty money lines, if, you, uh, if you're celebrating Christmas Eve and the eggnog's feeling good, then, uh, then, then get yourself some value on, uh, on that money line play because I think Fresno State wins this game. Let's see. Oh, man, this is a bad game. Oh, God. Oh. Oh. There's no such thing. No such thing. Oh, oh, I can't look at it. West Virginia and Utah. A Will Greer and Justin Crawford less. I mean, Will Greer could come back. I am not putting it past Will Greer to just be like, just let me at him. And, uh, Will Greer's trying to come back, but it's just his fingers are all pointing in different directions, <laughs> so he doesn't know which way to go. <laughs> I uh, I don't, I don't, I don't like much about this game. Utah has been a bad football team for many, many games throughout this season. West Virginia without some of its m- most potent offensive players. Like, like I could not be less confident in Utah to cover a spread of nearly or right at a touchdown. But at the same time, I don't know where West Virginia's offense is going to come from. So that's why I am actually making as one of my more confident plays of this slate the West Virginia Utah under fifty six and a half, and I'm going to take it as a four unit play. Anybody, who that's wants to get in? A lot of units. That's, that's a lot of units. Uh, Tom, what do you? Where, where are you? Where are you locking in on uh, on this on this wonderful uh, contest between West Virginia and Utah? We're we're at the same place. I do not trust. Utah to cover a touchdown and I don't know that I want to trust West Virginia to stay within a touchdown considering who it may be without so I'm staying away from the spread and I'm following you I am also taking the under 56 and a half but I'm only taking it as a one star this is this is not a game I have a great feel for it's a game I'm going to watch no matter how bad you say it is but as far as coming up with a pick for it I, I don't really have a great read anyway. So I'm taking the under because I do feel like of the four options available to me, that one is the most likely, but I don't love it. Uh, and Barton, just to double back, your Fresno was a three-unit play? Yes. All right. That's right. So what you got on West Virginia, Utah? Sound the alarm. Reverse line movement alerts. Ooh. Sirens off. Uh, let's see. We, 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 that's the one. That's the one. I want the air horn. Uh, 84% of the public is on West Virginia right as the line is moving from four and a half up to six and a half in favor of Utah. Give me the Utes. West Virginia without their quarterback. That's enough for me. I still remember last year watching West Virginia play throughout the season with that really solid defense, and yet their quarterback was so bad. Who was that, Skyler Howard? Was that his name? Oh, yeah. Skyler Howard, Uh, for sure. Man, that was so frustrating to watch. We're going to have a little bit of that again. I I like Utah. Um, They're going to be – they're a tough team. They're going to come in, show up, physical, ready to play. Uh, Give me the Utes. Uh, minus the six and a half, I think, is what it's at right now. Yeah. How many uh, units? Three units. That's a lot of units. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. To Detroit for the quick lane bowl. Barton, 
Where are you at on this one? Duke and Northern Ooh. Illinois. Are we looking at four and a half as the uh, five? Ooh. Ooh. What are you thinking? Uh, I did not like this one. This is a this is a firmly in the one unit category for me. Um, you know, I may this might even be like a game time switch here. I I ended up playing Duke, um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna flip flop here. We're in Detroit, Northern Illinois. That just you know what, like they're comfortable in that kind of gritty setting. They're gonna figure out a way Duke's more talented like I've been wanting Duke to do more with this roster all year long they've got players they got players on defense they got players at receiver they got a quarterback that's got NFL ability and they're six and six I have a problem with that Northern Illinois at eight and four has has is a much more grinded out type of team I think that they're not as talented I think that they're not as good I think that they win this game I'll go Northern Illinois with one unit um, Tom, I'm in the exact same place. I'm Northern Illinois plus five and a half at one unit. Um, I don't have a great feeling for how this one's going to go. I do think that, you know, Detroit, the Ford field, it is the home of the Mac championship. It is, it is the, the max domain. And I think that will play well, or at least into Northern Illinois' advantage a bit. And I just think that the Huskies, even though they're not nearly as talented as Duke is, they're salty enough, particularly on defense, to ugly this one up a little bit, you know, muddy up the game a little bit, make sure that no matter what happens, even if Duke wins, I don't think this is a game where Duke's going to be blowing it out. I think this is going to be an ugly affair, probably on the lower scoring edge. So if, if you're looking at an under, I don't think that's a horrible play either. But... I like Northern Illinois and the points. Yeah, I'm on the under for the picks pool. I imagine that it is going to be a little bit of a muck it up, uglier game. Uh, but I cannot pick against a Duke team that I think has corrected its issues after a six-game losing streak. Uh, it, I, th- I think this is a game, Barton, where you remember that Daniel Jones has NFL potential. Uh, I think that we see some option. I think we see some zone read. I think that we try and uh, get Northern Illinois' eyes moving, you know, try, try and find some open space for some of those Duke skill players. And I think that this Duke roster, which is almost entirely, uh, you know, Joe Giles Harris, Daniel Jones, a lot of the, the key players here are going to be back for next year. And uh, I, this is a five-unit play for me. I think Duke by a touchdown, and I would take it at anything uh, up to six and a half. So I'm five unit Duke minus five and a half. So that is an interesting angle because every year we, you know, we we see in the bowl season this team that's got a lot of their talent coming back, and they almost have this this resume game where they just blow somebody out. Um, and and you're saying you think Duke's got the, the potential to just be like this is the this is the 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 shot across the bow for like everybody to see well hey Duke may be legit next year remember how bad they blasted Northern Illinois last year um, that's your that's your, your your visual here huh the staff is pretty confident um, and uh, and they they every, everyone everyone like they kind of took ownership. Like even Cutcliffe has been out around. Like I mean, you know, Cut Cut's not afraid to like he's not one of these 
shut it down. He, he makes himself pretty available uh, in terms of media. And he's been, he's been talking a lot about all the things that went wrong and even, you know, taking some ownership himself. And, uh, and he is excited about what this team is going to be next year. And I think every, everyone in that building is looking at this as a, as a game to continue what they got corrected from the Georgia Tech and Wake game and, and start to build to, to a season next year where they're going to be threatening to, to make some noise in the Coastal. So I, I think they looked at the tape, and I think they saw some opportunities against Northern Illinois that are, that are going to make this an, an opportunistic game. Again, I think it's going to be low scoring. Northern Illinois has got a good defense. They've got all the comfort advantages, but Duke is a talented team with – uh, not a lot of NFL, you know, like no one's eyeing the NFL draft right now. Like every, everyone's pretty locked in for uh, for 2018. So I'm I'm five units, man. Go Blue Devils. That's, that's interesting. I, I I'm sticking with my guns. I'm gonna go with Northern Illinois, but I, I like that thought process, and I I I don't I do like that pick, but I'm just I'm gonna like stick I, with my gut. Like I think that the because I imagine you you know that personnel right. Like you've yeah. you've watched Duke improve the talent. That's level one of my frustrations. Yeah. because they they've recruited well. Like their personnel is good. They've got NFL guys on that roster. So why are they losing to Army? Why are they losing to Pitt? Why are they losing to Virginia? Um, hey, Virginia's got talent too. But that's that's sort of my point. Yeah. And I, I think that they even recognize that. You know, like yeah. this is this will, it'll be interesting. Like I could be totally wrong and and be proven wrong, but uh, the the vibes I've gotten suggest that. That this uh, this Duke team's turned a corner, and uh, and I think again, I think it'll be low scoring, but they are the better team, so I, I like them to uh, to win this game by a touchdown. All right, I'm geared up to watch that game now. Now I'm fired up. Yeah, dude, it's I mean, what what are you going to be doing? It's Tuesday afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> Tuesday afternoon, two o'clock. We're going to be locked in on the Blue Devils. Going to uh, be washing my hair. <laughs> that's isn't that like a 1950s excuse? Oh <laughs> oh. We stopped washing our hair now. Oh, Buffa can't come to the phone right now. She's washing her hair. What was her name? Buffa. Buffa? No, no. B U F F A. It's like an old Southern nickname. Like if you were named after your mom or your grandma. Oh, man. Or something that's like some that. Raleigh stuff there, man. Wait, that's some that's some like old South, man. I've never even heard of Buffa. Oh, Buffa? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like if you're named Buffa, you have to wear seersucker all the time. You're not allowed to wear anything. Oh else. no, per- definitely pearls. Yeah, de- definitely <laughs> got to have on pearls at all times. And you definitely are uh, president of the PTA. And uh, Did you say I do declare a lot. Oh, absolutely, I do declare. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that's that's proper upscale South. I'm, that, that's not redneck South where I'm from. That's. Uh, <laughs> There ain't no buffas in, in, in hillbilly country. Well, That's educated South right there. Oh, no. We don't sit downstairs at the country club. We only sit <laughs> upstairs. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, let's go to the Cactus Bowl. Uh, Tom, Kansas State, UCLA. We got the Rosen one is going to be playing. Uh, is that confirmed? We got, we got, I, I was looking I, at that just yesterday, and I couldn't figure it out. Is he, is he saying he's playing? I'm operating under the assumption that he is. I, ho- I hope I haven't gotten that wrong. Ty. I I haven't heard any. Di- I haven't heard differently. I don't know. I don't know if there's been confirmation yet, but I think the fact that he hasn't come out and said he's not playing is what people are taking right now. Because typically, you would expect he would have announced if he wasn't playing yet. 
and, and I think he's been practicing, so that tends to make you think that he's going to play. All right. We got uh, UCLA interim coach, Kansas State, with a coach who's mulling retirement. Did, hey, Bart, did Kansas State end up signing anyone yesterday? Yeah. Yeah, they, they signed one. Yeah, they signed a couple guys, like, right as – Bill Snyder was like telling everybody how he probably like he's got to talk to his family to figure out whether he's coaching next year. Jeez, what a mess! I didn't. Were you the one who originally pitched it in a, either in a conversation like all, like off the record or on this podcast? But like I've been I've been moving it forward. So if if I have if I haven't uh, if I've been crediting you properly, I apologize. But I've isn't it the like can't you see Bill Snyder retiring in August? Didn't you oh, start absolutely. that? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. is that is gonna happen. Like that's that's clearly gonna happen now. Whatever he can do to get his son the job, he's gonna do it. The problem is Jim Levitt's sitting over there with a clause in his dang contract saying that if he takes the Kansas State job, he uh, you know he can he there's no buyout. So you know Kansas State is eyeing Jim Levitt as a pretty good candidate to to take over at any point, and he probably would be willing to. But still, like you said, like if it's in August or something ridiculous, then yeah, you you kind of have to go with an interim. And then it's it's this awful season where uh, Daniel Snyder is it's not Daniel Snyder, right? Wait, what? What's his son's name? Sean Snyder, I think. Sean. We. I, I don't. We yeah, Snyder. It's, it's, yeah, it's Sean. Okay, so We Snyder is going to be the head coach of this Buffa Snyder. This <laughs> Buffa of this Kansas State team that's going to have most of the team back. It's going to be super experienced, and if they win like nine, ten games, then you got to name him the head coach. It's jacked up. <sighs> All right. So anyway, we got Kansas State. We got UCLA. It is the Cactus Bowl in Phoenix. Um, Barton, what's your play here? Uh, I want to go last year. I'm, 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 this is this is a little bit of a game time decision here. All right, I'll go. <laughs> I let, let me see if I can influence your pick. UCLA plus two, five stars. Throw it down. Don't care. <laughs> Jim Moore is gone, so I can trust UCLA again. I'm pretty sure Josh Rosen's playing. UCLA is far more talented than Kansas State, and although I know that's the case in most Kansas State games, and Kansas State still plays up to it. I just I like UCLA in this game a lot. There's the fact that I think they're more talented. There's the fact that the public is very heavily betting Kansas State, which makes me love UCLA even more. There's a lot of things. Everything I look at, every trend I look at, tells me that UCLA is the play, and I'm taking the Bruins five stars. So here's I, I was thinking the same I had the same thought process. <laughs> what what spooked me is watching SMU get absolutely run out of the building because of what was essentially mounted I mean, there's who knows all the reasons, but one big reason was the coaching situation. Um, I don't know, like a lot what's what's our what's got, I gotta figure out what the coaching situation is there. I guess like as Demetrius Rop as as the um, is their DB coach still been there? Is is you know Jed Fish? I think is perfectly competent to put together a good game plan, and and I, I just I wonder like how unified this staff, what kind of continuity they've had. I'll, I'll take UCLA too. 
I'll go with a two-unit play. And uh, because I still think, like, when I look at 91% of the public on Kansas State, and that's not exactly the healthiest environment right now either. <clears throat> and I look at Josh Rosen, the, the pride he plays with. I, I think he he has a pretty good game. So I'll let I'll, I'll I'll give Fornelli a chance to take a three-point lead on me there by taking UCLA plus with uh, two units. Well, uh, another trend I didn't I didn't mention, but one trend to follow in bowl season particularly is that typically in bowl games, if the team has a record against the spread of under 50%, like they're under 500 against the spread this year, and they're getting less than 50% of the, the betting action, that team covers 62% of the time. Mm, Serious saber metrics there. UCLA, under 500 against the spread this year, and I, last I checked, they were getting about 23% of the bets. So there's a trend that's I, that's one of the reasons I'm behind UCLA, but it's also like I mentioned earlier, this is very much a fading the public, and I just think UCLA is a more talented team. What's uh, do you have the information on the over under here? Because I'm lock. It's only one unit for me, but uh, I think this game is a has smells like a shootout because UCLA's could, UCLA's defense UCLA can't, they can't stop the run. They haven't stopped the run all year, and that's all Kansas State wants to do is pound the rock. Yeah, I see. If, I see uh, this game creeping up into high 30s low 40s uh without without too without too much hesitation i mean again it's only a one unit play i think i'm punching in here at 64 and a half and even if ucla like pulls away uh and wins this game which i definitely think is possible then i i still think that kansas state at a minimum is going to be able to put 21 24 points on the board oh i hate this game so much I hate it so much because I know what's you know at the end of this game this is going to be one of those that you look back and you say, "Wow, like that was obvious." It's either obviously on the like UCLA is a more talented Kansas State side and and they they get blown out, or UCLA isn't mentally checked in and Kansas State just beats them into oblivion, or they have a forty to forty five shootout. Like I'm so I'm just like maddened by this game. And my my guidance here is is lacking. I I, I acknowledge that. Uh, I don't know. I guess I'll stick with UCLA. <laughs> <laughs> I just yeah, dude. I I, I would love uh, I would love for this game to like quickly jump up into the thirties, and so I don't have to worry about UCLA or Kansas State minus two plus two. So yeah, give me that over. Let's go. My only concern with overs in Kansas State games are, you know, they they'll put together seven minute drives, but not when no one tackles them. Yeah, but the other thing about Kansas State is to uh, to counter that is they'll also have some defensive scores and special team scores. So again, find some points. Yeah, I, I I think I think over is the play. I'm terrified of the against the spread. Uh, but even then, like you said, this game is kind of maddening. So I'm I'm just gonna throw. One unit on it. UCLA by two scores. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's let's review the cards. Uh, Barton, one unit on the Blazers. UAB plus six and a half. Two units on Central Michigan. Shane Morris. I gotta splice in some Fight Club sound later. Uh, plus three and a half. Uh, four units on Texas Tech plus three. One unit on the San Diego State Army under forty six. One unit on App State plus seven. Three units on Fresno plus two and a half. Three units on Utah minus six and a half. 
one unit on Northern Illinois plus five and a half, two units on UCLA plus two. Tom, five units on UAB Ohio under 59, one unit on Wyoming minus three and a half, five units on Texas Tech South Florida over 66 and a half, five units on San Diego State minus six, five units on App State plus seven, five units on the Houston Fresno under. What number were we punching that in at, Tom? 49. One unit for the West Virginia Utah under 56 and a half. One unit on Northern Illinois plus five and a half. Five units on UCLA plus two. Chip, two units on the UAB Ohio under 59. One unit on the Wyoming Central Michigan under. Let's see, what are we punching that one in at? Uh, Wyoming Central Michigan, let's call it 45 and a half. Um, Texas Tech, South Florida over 66 and a half at two units. San Diego State minus six, a five unit play. App State plus seven, one unit. Three units on Fresno State plus two and a half. Four units on West Virginia, Utah under 56 and a half. Five units on the Duke Blue Devils minus five and a half. And one unit on the Kansas State, UCLA over 64 and a half. We got, uh, we got, we got, hills to climb out of and uh and like tom i'll tell you i like your strategy but those those five unit plays man they cut both ways here's here's the thing if i'm right 55 to 60 percent of the time and i'm betting five units in each one guess who's gonna have a much bigger lead at the end than you guys are well you better build up your lead now because after this week i'm coming out strong Fives and fours across the board. You're going to need them by the time this week's over, my friend. (laughs) We are still playing a Fernelli away game right now. We're on a (laughs) Fernelli turf. So I'm just trying to survive and get out of here in striking distance. You're only, I mean, you're one unit behind. I know. That's the, that's the, you know, that's the thought process. Just hang in there. Just hang in. Just hang in there um, till the fourth quarter, and then we can start making our plays. Not even looking my rear view. I'm just driving. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, our thanks to Tom Fernelli, Barton Simmons, and to you, the loyal listeners and subscribers of the 24/7 Sports College Football Podcast. You can follow him at Tom Fernelli. Follow him at Barton Simmons. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Uh, gentlemen, thank you very much. Let's go bowling, boys. <laughs>